What is up, plant people? Hey, yesterday was Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving for my friends in the U.S. And for everyone else, hope it was a great Thursday. So today is Friday, the 27th of what? November? Still November? Yeah, still November. And we're back with another episode of Planthropology, this time a special bonus one. I'm Vikram Blagi, your host. And normally we talk about the lives and careers and stuff of other really cool plant people. But today, since it's a bonus episode, you just get me. And we're going to talk about Christmas trees. So... Let's play some music, and then let's get into it. Okie dokie. So, Christmas trees. Now, I realize that we have listeners all over the world and of uh, various faiths and creeds, and so I just want to tell you today about the way that I celebrate Christmas. My family celebrates Christmas. We always have, and um, if you don't, you know, that's totally rad. We're going to do an episode next week, another bonus episode about plants used in holiday traditions all over the world and in a variety of faiths and cultures. But uh, our tradition growing up and and even still to today to, to a certain extent was that we would put up the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. We'd all get together on Thanksgiving. We'd eat way too much food, enjoy time as a family. Obviously, this year was a little different, but um, we would unpack all the Christmas stuff, get it down out of the attic, out of the shed, and get ready to decorate. So, we'd get together Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and we would eat way too many leftovers of food that we enjoyed the day before and get miserable and way too full again. And then we would put up our Christmas tree and our Christmas decorations. Now, my parents have had theirs up for quite a while because they were like, it's 2020. We're retired. We do what we want. And so they're pretty sure their Christmas tree has been up since like September. But we'll probably do our Christmas tree here at our house um, with my wife and my son. Oh, this weekend. I don't know if we'll do it today. My wife has to work. But this weekend, we will probably get all that up. So let's talk about Christmas trees. So Christmas trees are a very old tradition that really did not start in Christianity. Now, the modern Christmas tree and the modern way that we decorate and celebrate it, to a certain extent, does come out of the Christian tradition. But the use of evergreen trees and plants in winter celebrations goes back all the way to the Egyptians. Um, We see it throughout time in Egypt, in Rome, in China, and in places all over the world. Um, It's part of Norse tradition as well. And what we see is that the evergreen tree, usually pine trees, fir trees, really any evergreen plant, was a symbol of immortality throughout cultures and throughout time. Because they stay green all year. And you have to understand that we, at least in the Western world, I'm aware that it's not this way even today, everywhere, but we live a food convenience kind of lifestyle, right? When we want something to eat, when we want vegetables, when we want fruits, we go to the grocery store, we pick them up, we bring them home. In the past, and again, in some parts of the world, even today, they eat seasonally, So, whatever they could not grow in season and whatever they couldn't package and preserve and store, they didn't have through the winter. So, the winter solstice, which is in the Northern Hemisphere, December 21st into 22nd, are the shortest days and longest night of the year. 
And in a lot of traditions, they would um, celebrate the they would celebrate that day because it meant that the days would start getting longer and they were getting closer to spring and to being able to plant and have food again. So from um, I guess Saturnalia in Rome and you know the the uh, celebration of the god Saturn to uh, the Egyptian god Ra to um, Norse gods we had. All these traditions that took, you know, uh, living evergreen trees, brought them inside or or decorated them or celebrated them outside on the winter solstice as a, uh, I guess, looking forward to spring and uh, the, I guess, celebration of the life that was to come and the food that was to come in coming months. Uh, a lot of these traditions held that the summer gods, the sun gods would start to lose power and grow ill. Uh, and that's why we would get winter, right? The, they couldn't, um, I guess, maintain summer anymore. So they were ill or they were tired and Saturnalia or the, um, Winter solstice marked the day when they would start to regain their strength. And in just a few short months, it would be warm again. The uh, ice would thaw and and they'd be able to plant stuff again. Now, in Christian tradition, there's a lot of thoughts about the origins. Um, as Christianity moved through Europe specifically, a lot of Norse tradition got mixed into some of the Christian lore. So, as they moved through, especially um, England, Europe, Germany, where a lot of these uh, um, early tribes and early peoples were, they started to see that these trees were being used in these rituals. And so it kind of got worked into Christianity and the whole story and the whole idea of Christmas. And our modern Christmas tree that we see today, really, we think, goes back to German traditions in the like 16th, 17th century, where they would um, have these very popular, actually even earlier than that, there were very popular medieval plays about Adam and Eve, where they would use a paradise tree. And usually this would be a fir tree that was hung with apples. They put apples on the tree that would represent the Garden of Eden. And paradise trees were generally set up in German homes on December 24th, which was a uh, religious feast day for Adam and Eve. And they would hang wafers on it uh, to symbolize the Eucharist and the body of Christ. And then later on, that would become cookies and different kinds of candies. And there's a story that the the reason that candles and lights were introduced into the trees that Martin Luther was walking home one night and looked up at the stars and saw all the stars and it was almost this uh, winter celebration, this Christmas celebration. And he thought, well, this would be nice to have inside. So he got some candles, brought them inside, and they would hang like live, fiery, you know, lit candles on Christmas trees. Probably not real safe. So, over time, that evolved, and of course, with the advent of electric lights, that's what we started to see on Christmas trees. Um, in places like China and Japan in the East, they would make intricate, um, beautiful paper decorations um, as as Christmas and Christianity was introduced in the uh, 19th century and, and maybe even a little bit earlier, these 
paper ornaments, these beautiful handmade intricate paper ornaments would be hung on the trees. And they symbolize a, a, a variety of things, um, lights or could be Christ's light in the world or just like the stars or a reminder of the universe or however you want to look at it. But the fact of the matter is that Christmas trees uh, have been used or holiday, let me say that again, let me say that differently. Christmas trees are used commonly today, but trees and um, other evergreen plants have been used again throughout time for religious and uh, cultural celebrations. So that is a very, 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 very brief overview of this whole tradition, right? There's a lot that goes into it. This is going to be a short episode. I don't want to talk about this for half an hour or two hours or three hours. Um, but do some research on it. If you're interested in if you're interested in where some of these traditions come from, this is worth looking into. It's really pretty interesting. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of tree you should buy. So if you're the Christmas celebrating sort and you want to get a Christmas tree, there are a lot of options out there. Generally, uh, either a live tree was decorated outside or a tree would be cut down and brought inside, usually a fir or a, a cedar or a pine of some sort. Um, but now we have plastics, right? So there's lots of artificial trees out there. And growing up, we always had artificial trees and my parents still keep a couple of artificial trees in their house. But personally, I'm a fan of fresh cut Christmas trees. That's usually here in my home, what we normally do. In fact, I may go pick one up today. I don't know yet. It's, again, I'm recording this on Friday morning. I'm sitting here eating uh, pie for breakfast, leftover pie for breakfast, and drinking coffee. But I may go pick up a Christmas tree today. So, again, you have a lot of options. And the big three ones that we normally look at are fresh cut trees, like so real trees that were alive, that were cut down, that you put inside. Live containerized trees, which in some places is becoming more and more popular, or, you know, Maybe a live tree that's planted in the landscape that you just decorate outside. And then plastic or some kind of other synthetic artificial tree. And there's pros and cons to all of these. So let's start with the plastic tree because I think that that has been built over the past, since plastics were invented, I guess, as um, the more like ecologically friendly option. Oh, buy a plastic tree. It lasts forever, right? You can keep it for 30 years and you can use it over and over again. You don't have to cut down a Christmas tree. And I see where that argument comes from. But the, I guess, skeptical, um, sort of cynical side of my brain is like, they just want to sell more plastic trees, right? So, I don't know. I think that they have a lot of good benefits, right? You can use them year after year. You don't have to rebuy a tree every year. And there is some benefit to that, right? It's maybe a, uh, you know, they're not too expensive, but to get a really nice one, it may be a little bit expensive up front, but then you can use it for, I mean, until it falls apart or until it gets so gross that, you know, you can't use it anymore. Yes, plastics do break down over time and they will kind of deteriorate or if they're in the heat or the sun, They'll still be plastic, but they may not look as good as they did. Um, but they are a petroleum product, right? So they are a non-biodegradable, non-renewable resource product. So, yes, you don't have to cut down a real tree every year, but you're adding eventually more plastics back into the system, right? Eventually, that tree is going to get thrown away. It may be 20 years. It's not a single-use plastic by any means, but eventually it's going to get thrown away. And then... It's there forever, right? Not 
forever, but for a long time because plastics take a long time to biodegrade because you want them to be durable. That's the whole point. They are not supposed to start breaking down quickly. They're supposed to last for years. So, I, you know, I like the look of them. You can get some really, really nice plastic trees that look very real and they have different kinds of decorations on them. It's kind of nice to get them pre-lit sometimes so you can just plug them in and put them up and not have to worry about it. But personally, like I mentioned, I like fresh cut trees. So as a tree guy and as a plant guy and as someone who is very, I guess, um, conscious of the environment or as much as I can be, people look at me kind of funny when I say that. But let's talk about a tree farm, right? So a Christmas tree farm is planted specifically for that purpose. Those trees were put in the ground to to eventually be cut down and sold as Christmas trees. Now, there's an argument to be made that if you're going out in the woods and logging the biggest um, Douglas fir and cutting it down and bringing it home, that that's a problem. But for, for most of us, we're not doing that, right? We're either going and cutting down our own tree at a Christmas farm, a Christmas tree farm, or we're going to Lowe's or Home Depot or somewhere and buying one that's already been cut. I don't have a problem with that. So it's a biodegradable resource. Um, As those trees are planted and grown, they're sequestering carbon. Even though they're planted for the purpose of being cut down, they're pulling carbon from the atmosphere and locking it up in Christmas tree. So you're essentially using a completely renewable resource in your home. And then it can be used for something else after. A lot of times the the dry branches, the small branches can be used as like a fire starter for your fireplace. You can mulch the tree and use it in your landscape. You can make ornaments out of it. You can do all kinds of things that cycle that resource back into the environment. Maybe not burning as much. That, you know, releases CO2. But if as long as you're not just like sending that tree to the landfill, which a lot of landfills, they mulch those trees and give them back out anyway. You know, you're you're contributing to the environment by using a fresh cut tree. They're grown for that purpose. They're really pretty sustainable. Most of the time, they're fairly water use efficient. You know, pine trees tend to be fairly drought tolerant, and they grow them in places that they are well adapted usually. You're not going to grow like a blue spruce very well here in Lubbock, Texas. You can grow an Afghan pine, though, an Alderica pine perfectly well. And that makes a pretty good Christmas tree. Um, so I, I'm a fan of that. And then again, at the end of the season, I like to like cut mine up or um, try to mulch them or do something else with them and use them back in the landscape and put them back in the environment. Your other option is to get a containerized tree. So a lot of times um, the, you'll see these as either fully containerized or ball and burlap, you know, six to eight foot live living pine trees that you can put the container in your living room, water it, give it fertilizer, all those things, keep it alive for the month or whatever that you keep it up for Christmas, and then you plant it in your yard. Um, Over time, if you do this year after year, you're going to run out of room for trees in your yard, just practically speaking. So, what I've seen some people do is that they'll buy them for two or three years and then either get a fresh cut tree or just decorate trees outside and do something else inside um, for their presents to put put presents under or just to have in the house. So you have a lot of options. The benefit here is that you're planting another tree out in the environment, right? It's grown again for that purpose, but it ends up in your yard, in your landscape, maybe in a friend's yard or somewhere else. 
And it does what trees do. It cleans the air. It uh, makes us happy. It sequesters carbon. All the benefits of trees get really brought into our Christmas tradition that way. I'm a fan of that. Sometimes they tend to be very expensive. You know, you may be spending a couple hundred dollars easily on a a nice quality tree that's going to survive on the landscape. Also, sometimes they're not cared for well when they're inside. They still need some light. They still certainly need fairly regular water. Now, you don't want to keep them swimming, right? Just keep the root ball moist. Uh, Make sure you get some light and some nutrients, and then it should be fine. But in those cases, you really need to stick them like under a skylight or by a bright window or something like that so that they can keep living long enough for you to put them outside. I kind of like the idea of having a Christmas tree that I just decorate out in the yard and then um, either do a, a fake tree inside or a little fresh cut tree inside just so that I still have that that traditional feel. But I know that the big tree in my yard is my Christmas tree and there's always a story that goes along with that. There's also other options like you can just do like a tree made out of just Christmas lights or some people are even doing like wall decals or metal trees or all kinds of other stuff. There are lots of options. But again, for me, for my money and for my family, I usually choose a fresh cut um, Elderica pine. Again, they're very sustainable and they're grown for that purpose. So it's really up to you. Um, if you celebrate Christmas, you know, you'll make a choice on a Christmas tree and all of them are perfectly acceptable. It's just whatever you like and, and what you feel like growing. But I hope you all had a really wonderful Thanksgiving. Again, if your Christmas tradition is to uh, put up your lights and your stuff the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, I hope you can listen to this as you do that. And get a little joy out of it. Um, I just want you all to know again how grateful I am for all of you. Uh, It was just Thanksgiving and I've been thinking a lot about in this weird year the things that I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful for the show. And I'm grateful for those of you who listen to this show and and comment on social media and, and give me feedback and have become really such good friends through this whole process. You all are the best. I love you so much. Um... Follow on social media. We're all the places, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Check out my other show that I'm almost done. Well, so my other show that I started for Napod Pomo, where you post a podcast a day. I've got super short episodes on a podcast called The Plant Prof. You should check that out. Uh, After November's over, I've just got like four more days of having to do this. Um, it'll go to a weekly show and it'll be a companion to this one where uh, I can talk in a little bit more detail about maybe a concept that a guest brought up or just keep answering your questions and rambling about whatever I want to like I have been for this whole past month. But again, y'all are great. If you want to support the show, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash planthropology. No pressure to do that. Just if you want to support us. That's great. Oh, one last thing. Uh, a merch store is up. So go to Redbubble um, and check out Planthropology. I think it's just redbubble.com slash Planthropology, but I'll post a link in the show notes. Um, you can get our cool new logo, uh, again, designed by uh, Beth Nichols, who was our last guest on all kinds of stuff from a mug to a tumbler to a t-shirt to a sticker or anything else you want. Uh, and also I'll be adding some new designs. We're going to have some fun stickers and stuff with pull quotes from some of the funniest episodes and some of the best episodes like Hallie Casings saying, well, that's a real pain in the asparagus. Yep. 
Anyway, again, y'all are rad. I appreciate you hanging in there with me over this past year, and I'm really looking forward to what 2021 has to bring for all of us and for Planthropology. You're wonderful. I hope you have the best holiday ever. I hope this is um, a time that you can find a way to find joy uh, as you go through it. And next week, we'll have an episode on, again, holiday traditions involving plants throughout the world. So, y'all are awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.